commitment, dedication, success. Copland, Keebler, and Wallace, the most trusted name in executive search and consulting, welcomes you to the KKNW podcast, where we delve deep into the not so simple art of hospitality. And now here's your host, award-winning journalist, compelling storyteller, and video strategist, Corey Saban. And hello, again. Hello, everyone. It's great to be with you again. I'm Corey Sabin, media strategist, corporate storyteller, and I help clubs with the do's and don'ts of crisis management. We've got a fantastic show for you today. Two dynamic leaders in South Florida. Our first guest is Matt Lambert, the general manager and chief operating officer at the Country Club at Mirasol, and Rick Bayless, the general manager and chief operating officer at Lost Tree Club and Lost Tree Village. Guys, great to be with you. Great to be with you. Thank you. So if you could, we'll start off with you, Matt. Give us a little deeper dive into your background and how you came to the club space. Okay. Uh, Well, thanks again, Corey and and Tom, for having us. RB, nice to hear your voice. Um, it's, It's pretty amazing to think that I've actually been in the hospitality business almost 30 years. I still thought I was one of the young guys. Um, originally, I, I'm from Massachusetts, born and raised in a town called Acton, uh, went to UMass Amherst, and after graduation, I kind of had three different phases in my life, and the first was in corporate restaurants, spent about five years with the Hands Group in Boston and New Jersey, and then my wife and I got married in 96, and we decided to move down to Florida for one year, and we never left. Um, I was fortunate to hook up with a great group down in Boca, the Max's Grill Group, Spent about five or six years with them, and then I was recruited to come over to the Polo Club in Boca. Spent three years at Boca, Then I was fortunate enough to come to Mirasol in 2003, and I've been at Mirasol ever since. Nice. And Rick, how about you? Well, again, I'll echo uh, Tom's comments. Uh, Corey, Tom, Matt, good to be with you guys. Uh, unlike Matt, I really started out in the club business. Uh, started at the caddy. Uh, then uh, your partner, Tom, Kirk Keebler, uh, kind of recruited into the business and at a young age and became a waiter uh, in the club industry when I was 17 and uh, in a little town called Harbor Springs, Michigan, a club called Birchwood Farms. And I left there when I graduated from Michigan State as the assistant manager and uh, went to Pinehurst, North Carolina, to a place called Country Club in North Carolina. Spent about three years there, and then uh, a club that was just uh, changing over from member ownership, or from developer ownership to member ownership, uh, bumped their head one day and hired a young 25-year-old kid as a general manager. And so I stayed there for a few years, went to Grand Rapids, stayed there for seven years, uh, a place called Kent Country Club, and then moved to Oakland Hills Country Club. Spent just under 14 years there, and a number of major championships and rebuilds at the facility. And then uh, a little over 13 years ago, moved down here to Lost Street. And uh, I was here in South Florida for about 30 minutes and asked myself why I didn't do this 30 years ago. (laughs) Well, now let me bring in my co-host and a forward-thinking leader, a great connector, and a valuable resource in the club space, Mr. Tom Wallace. Tom, great to be with you as well. Thanks, Corey. I'm excited to have Matt and Rick on the podcast today. These are two guys that uh, actually were 
early in my career at Oakmont, when I got there, a, a lot was going on at Oakmont Hills, and a lot of my members who had played up there said, you got to get to know this Rick Bayless. He's doing some unbelievable things at Oakland Hills. And I remember my first trip I ever took as a member of Copland and Keebler was over to visit Matt with Kurt Keebler uh, for a meeting, and we were just sitting around kind of talking about the upcoming renovation, Matt, that was coming. And I've always been intrigued with both of these leaders. I think they're, you know, at the very top of the list and uh, when it comes to club management and just leadership as general. Uh, both have created unbelievable club experiences, but more importantly, they've both been unbelievable mentors and pushed great uh, young managers out into the industry. So I'm, I'm excited for today, Corey. Well, I'm going to go right into my questions, and again, I, I will uh, put you on the spot first, Matt. Uh, the first question I'm going to ask you is, um, I want to know, who do you look up to? Now, if you have a parent or someone in the family that you say, I will accept that answer, but I'll also ask you to go with someone uh, from a professional perspective as well. So, who is it that Matt Lambert looks up to? Uh, thanks, Tom, and, and thanks for all the kind words. Um, you know, yes, I, I will start with my parents. Um, both my mom and dad provided an amazing childhood for myself and, and really taught my brother and I the, the, the work ethic and, and the values that have turned me into the person I am today. But, you know, as I look back over my career, um, you know, at the different stages, I was very fortunate to have some amazing mentors, uh, you know, at Houlihan's, which was a corporate restaurant based out of Kansas City. You know, my first boss uh, was a guy named Ron Bartolomeo, uh, a guy named Eric Kaplan, Frank Peace, my area director, Brian Misted. These were all incredible operators and, and leaders. And, and as a young 22-year-old kid coming out of college, I was very fortunate to have them. Uh, and they really helped kind of create the foundation of, of who I am. And when I moved down to Florida, you know, I was fortunate enough to join two incredible restaurateurs, Dennis Max and Burt Rappaport. They've had a very successful run in South Florida for years, and, and I, I learned a lot from the two of them. And then coming to Mirasol, when I first joined uh, Mirasol, I was fortunate to work for a developer uh, who's developed a lot of properties down here in, in South Florida named Craig Perna. And I was told from some staff at the Polo Club who worked with Craig that, you know, he was an amazing mentor and just a great person to work with. And when I joined the developer, it was Craig and a gentleman named Mike Lane and Mike Mosier, just, just all incredible people. So I've been blessed over my career to, to just work with some incredible mentors that took me under their wing and, um, you know, taught me the ropes. Great. Thanks, Matt. How about you, Rick? Well, Tom, thank you. Uh, I'll first start out uh, with your partner, Kurt Keebler. Uh, one, because he's much, much older than I am, and I've always been Duly noted, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I will tell you that uh, while I was working with Kurt at Birchwood Farms in Harbor Springs, Michigan, uh, he is the one that uh, took me aside and really began to talk about uh, this industry as a career. And at the time, uh, I thought I was going to be the next J. Walter Thompson in the marketing and advertising world. But uh, it, it allowed me to the opportunity to take a step back and really evaluate what I valued and uh, what challenged me, what gave me the charge, and uh, it turns out I was in the business. We're also in this uh, this business that we're in called the private clubs. We're blessed with uh, a number of peers uh, that we all 
learn from, and uh, there are many of those. Uh, Matt that's on the phone with us, uh, there's Tony DeRico, Damon DiOrio, uh, members that are around us that uh, we can learn from. Jack Welsh was very influential, and I had the great opportunity to spend some time with him before he recently passed. And so it's uh, they're, they're bountiful, and uh, you know if we're willing to take a step back and uh, learn from those and or steal from our peers. Uh, there are a number of people that I uh, am grateful to have in my life and people that you can tap and learn from that are around. Oh, that's a great answer. Both, both great answers. Corey, any follow-up there? Yeah, you know, Rick, you mentioned Jack Welch, and not everybody is so fortunate to have that type of access. What's a lesson that he taught you that you apply moving forward? I think it's really uh, boils down to differentiation and it's differentiation between uh, the individual's skill sets, uh, what they're capable of achieving, uh, believing in themselves, and uh, mentoring, coaching those individuals to a higher performance level that's in line with what your organizational goals are. And uh, that's a lot of work. It's a lot of time and really been valuable to me because uh, he was able to articulate what I kind of intuitively was doing. Mm. And uh, so it allowed me to be able to share that knowledge on a much more effective basis. Nice. uh, Corey, I love that Jack straight from the gut book. I I probably re-listen to that on a run once a year. I think it's just a fabulous, fabulous book with so many great leadership uh, thoughts in it. One of my favorite leadership books by far. Well, speaking of leaders, I want to take a moment to recognize CLA, the three founding club leadership alliance firms, Copland, Keebler and Wallace, McMahon Group and Club Benchmarking are independent entities working together for the common good of the industry, serving clubs in all aspects of strategic planning, operations, finances, human capital and facilities. The CLA's core values serve as a framework for the proven best practices and include informed leadership, strategic stewardship, empowered management and team, compelling member experience. The CLA's mission is to rally club leaders to create relevant, enduring clubs. Their vision is to generate widespread understanding and adoption of the best practices that lead to sustained club success. Learn more at www.clubleadershipalliance.com. Tom? Thank you, Corey. Well, uh, Rick, I'll go with you first this time. We talked about who you who you look up to and who your mentors have been. What are you looking forward to? What are the things on a daily basis that stimulate and inspire you? And what are the things that you like to do uh, to keep you clear-headed and ready to lead people every day? Well, uh, I love teammates, and uh, I love everything that's associated uh, with the team. Uh, one, holding one another accountable. Uh, two, uh, succeeding together, crossing the finish line together. And uh, what we do, I think, is much similar to coaching. And from a tactical perspective, every single day working with the team members to achieve what's in front of us uh, gives me a big charge because uh, I enjoy succeeding together. And uh, I think after any endeavor, whether it's a busy dinner period or a golf event or some other event that is 
in your facilities, uh, you get a scorecard at the end of that endeavor, and you know whether you've won or not. And uh, it's that endeavor, again, much like athletics, that uh, really gives me the charge and uh, fires me up every single day to come in and perform uh, with a group of teammates and succeed together. Great. Now, from a personal perspective, is there anything, you know, do you like to watch every year when Ohio State beats Michigan State football? Is that something you look forward to annually? Or uh, is there, is there, or you can flip it and say when Michigan State beats Ohio State in basketball, or, or is there anything kind of personal level sports or anything that kind of gets you to relax and allows you to just, uh, what do you do when you're not at the club and uh, when you have time to relax? Well, uh, I enjoy the game of golf. Uh, I used to have a full head of hair before I started playing the game, but uh, <laughs> I think I've been hooked on that uh, game for a long time. So uh, I, I'm blessed to be in a business that uh, allows me access uh, to some great facilities, including my own, that uh, really gives me a charge and uh, allows me to relax. I will tell you the annual event I probably look forward to the most. Uh, I was fortunate first uh major golf tournament uh, I ever attended was the 96 Masters. And uh, that's the year Jack won, last one, the event. And it, uh, it left me with such a, uh, a charge and uh, a desire to uh, conduct uh, something at that level that uh, it, it stayed with me the whole time. And it, uh, it's very fortunate and uh, fortunate to have Jack living here in the village with his lovely wife Barbara, and uh, be able to have a relationship that uh, just kind of is a cherry on top of what began in '96. Yeah, there's not there's nothing like the Masters experience, and, and Jack obviously uh, having him nearby has to be very special. All right, Matt, uh, what what about you? What stimulates you, energizes you uh, on a daily basis? You know, not, not to copy Rick's answer, but I'll give it a, a different slant. You know, my team is what really gets me going. Um, you know, we've, we've been very fortunate here that for the last 10 plus years, we've been very active in recruiting kind of that next generation of, of club managers. And um, they inspire me when they come in and uh, they're very bright and they work hard. And I just enjoy uh, creating an environment where they can grow. Um, you know, we, we've created kind of a culture here where we're constantly, you know, trying to outperform what we've done in the past, and uh, that continues to motivate me every day when we just try to, to do better than what we did last year with, you know, with a certain event or, or whatever. Um, yeah, that gets me excited. Matt, how do you handle Absolutely. coaching these younger potential general managers do you ever find yourself getting frustrated because of communication barriers and how do you overcome that you know it's a great question um i think we've had so many different personalities in here throughout the years that i think you have to cater your mentoring style to to those individuals uh, on their strengths and on their on their areas that they need to improve you know you take someone like an Eamon murphy who, who's now a general manager over on the west coast you know, he had no hesitation in coming into my office and telling me what I was doing wrong. And I kept on trying to explain to him that at one day he'll be in my seat and, and he might look at things differently. And, you know, Mike Riley had a very similar background to myself. Uh, so he and I kind of saw things uh, the same. And, and now with, with our team, with, with Eddie and Amanda, 
it's just I think you have to look at each individual and um, because all the personalities are different, their work ethics are different, um, and they all want to get to the same place. It's just how you get them there. That's, that's a great answer. Maddie, what do you, outside of work, what do you do to relax? I, I, I follow you on Instagram, so I know you're, you're a, a great, as is Rick, a great family man. But what, what are the things you like to do when you're away from work uh, to wind down and clear your head? You know, sometimes coming to work is actually the easiest time of my life. <laughs> I have, uh, I'm blessed to have an, an amazing wife of next month will be 25 years. And, um, congratulations. Changes. Thank you. She hasn't changed a lot on me yet. And I've got four amazing kids and they're all very active from 13 to 14 to 16 to almost 21. Um, all athletes playing travel soccer and travel lacrosse. So, I really uh, look forward to seeing them and, and spending as much time on the sidelines as I can. And it's interesting. Sometimes you get caught up in this in this log jam where you absolutely have no free time. And this summer was a perfect example. We chased our kids all over the country. But I'm reminded almost daily by the members who say, just enjoy it while it lasts. Because at some point, you're not going to have them on the sidelines and you're going to miss it. And uh, I think that's very true. Uh, some of my closest friends, besides being in the club business, are people that I met through my kids, you know, coaching my kids. And, um, yeah, so it's a special time in our life. Well, Thank you. Corey? Well, earlier Rick mentioned golf, and a worthwhile golf event is Tee It Up for the Troops. Copland, Keebler, and Wallace has proudly supported Tee It Up for the Troops since it was founded in 2005. The mission of Tee It Up for the Troops is to honor and support all those who served in the U.S. military by hosting impactful fundraising events at supportive golf clubs across the USA. We encourage you to learn more about how you can support their efforts by going to teeitupforthetroops.org. Tom? Thanks, Corey. Well, last question, most likely. We might add a couple little fun ones on at the end, but I'll go back to Matt to kick this one off. Matt, who are you chasing? Who's who's the one person that you kind of continue to look up to from an industry perspective that you think is just doing things, or a couple people that are just doing things at such a high level that uh, every time you visit with them, you, you think, boy, I've got to take a couple of these ideas back and, and implement them. You know, I'm going to give him his props right now, and I'm chasing the king. You know, he used to be the king of Boca, and now he's the king of Jupiter, Brett Morris. No, all kidding aside, <laughs> I, but I, I thought I'd put a plug in there for my good friend Brett. But all kidding aside, you know, as, as you both know, and, and Rick is well aware, um, South Florida happens to be probably the most or one of the most competitive club markets in the country, and we are so fortunate to have so many amazing leaders down here. Um, and I think Rick will say the same thing. There's probably not a day that goes by that I'm not on the phone or a text chain with, with a group of managers. And um, it's a great uh, fraternity, of, and we're sharing information. You know, I don't think any of us really are in competition with each other, although I guess we are. Um, but we really help each other succeed, and it's just it's a special place to work down here in South Florida. Thank you very much. That's a great answer. Yeah, Brett is uh, another one, and uh, Brett will be on a future episode uh, down the road here of our leadership podcast. Rick, how about you? Uh, who are you still chasing? <laughs> well, uh, I, I think I'm mostly running from, and that's uh, trying to get a little <laughs> bit better than we were the day before, and uh, chasing uh, that elusive uh, 
performance that uh, is close to perfect that we never really get to, whether it's, again, it's a tactical day-to-day measure or strategic strategic planning or something on a bigger basis. I'm going to echo Matt's comments, though. We are very fortunate in our industry to have a group of peers that openly share with one another and willingly share uh, both the victories and the uh, ones that we fall short on so that we can learn from those, too. And I'm fortunate, as is Matt, as are all of us in this business, uh, to be able to uh, openly receive that information and utilize it and sometimes make it our own. And so it's uh, it's really not a matter of, uh, I think, chasing a, a particular individual, although I could name a number of them, everybody from uh, Michael McCarthy to Damon DiOrio to Tony DiRico to Bobby Crafasi to my partner on the phone here. Uh, and it's uh, it's beneficial. It's uh, you know they're, they're my lifelong friends in addition to being peers in the same industry. That that's an awesome answer. And Corey, before I let you jump in, um, I was just going to ask a, another follow up question. One of the things, as you know, uh, at KKNW, we're big on uh, leaders or readers. Uh, and I, I I mentioned that I've been reading on the last podcast that I've been reading a book called Traction by Gina Wickman, which I finished. I was also reading the autobiography of Matthew McConaughey called Greenlights, which I really liked. And then over the weekend, I started a book by uh, Gary Vanderchuk called Crushing It. Uh, it's, it's about a, uh, a gentleman who's really uh, one of the great entrepreneurs of our generation. So I'm really enjoying that book. So I, uh, Matt and Rick, I'd ask you, just very quickly, is there anything you're reading right now or you've read recently that you really think our audience would appreciate and enjoy? You know, I, I started a new uh, uh, habit this year. I, I love to read, and I just didn't have enough time to read, and I was kind of picking on my kids for spending so much time on the phone, and it was hours and hours. And I said, gosh, if you guys could just do something productive with some of that time, you know, I think you'd be better for it. And then I kind of took a hard look in the mirror, and I realized between – going to the gym or, or walking my dogs, I'm usually either on the phone or listening to Pandora. And I started listening to books, and I think I'm on 16 or 17 this year already. Um, and it's just, it's been awesome because I'm u- utilizing my time. But um, currently right now I'm reading uh, or I'm listening to Winning by Tim Grover. Um, just started that one. I finished his first book called Relentless, which I highly recommend. Uh, Tim was a, a trainer to, to Michael Jordan and Kobe, and it's just an Awesome story. Uh, the 5 a.m. club I read earlier this year, that was great. Um, I read Setting the Table again. Um, you know, I think Danny Meyer is just spot on. And one of my favorite books that I, I kind of picked up on is um, A Walk to Remember, um, Nelson Mandela. You know, we have so many South Africans here that work at the club, and, you know, you hear the name, and I just never really knew it. And it was, I don't know, 30 hours on the audio, but it was just an incredible story of, of, of an incredible person. Yeah, well, Matt, first of all, I thought you were going to say winning by Charlie Sheen, and I was going to be worried. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, but uh, uh, setting the table, Danny, that book, I, that's another book like the Jack Welch book that I listen to once a year. And I listen to books. I, don't re- I, I will read on the plane from time to time, but for the most part, I do it while I'm working out or running. And uh, So I say read, but I, I'm listening. So that's a, that's a great list. That's a really good list. And uh how about you, Rick? Anything lately that you really want to share? I'm right in the middle of a book called Collaborate or Perish, and it's by a gentleman named William Bratton and Zachary Tooman. 
uh, and it really uh, outlines the process of collaboration, not only with uh, teammates and or peers, but for us in the club industry, the collaboration portion with our volunteer leadership is really critical, and it, it gives uh, hints and methods to uh, effectively get them into a collaborative posture. Uh, when you have captains of industry or titans, if you will, that uh, are your members, it's challenging to get them into a collaborative posture at times. It's been uh, very helpful, and I'm eager to finish it. I also reread about two months ago uh, The Five Levels of Leadership by John Maxwell, and uh, that's one of those go-to books that uh, I uh, can't read enough. <laughs> Uh, and I, every time I go back into it to reread it, it's, uh, I pick up something new. And I also uh, read uh, Tommy Spalding's book. Yep. So it's, uh, it's hmm. a wonderful leadership book, and it comes from the heart, and it's called The Heart-Led Leader. And uh, it really talks about the connection you make with your teammates and uh, the people who are fortunate to serve. Nice. That's a great list. And we're, yeah, we look, Tommy Spalding's fantastic. And he'll be, as you, you both know, and, and Corey as well, he'll be one of our speakers at the uh, KKNW Summit this year again. Uh, always does a fantastic job. Corey, any follow up? You know, guys, we're talking about books that we've read and your seasoned professionals. So hypothetically, Random House came knocking on your door and they asked you to write an autobiography. Rick, what would the title of that book be? Uh, I'm Extraordinarily Fortunate. Got it. Nice. Matt? An autobiography. Um, that's a good question. I think it's uh, Life's a Process. Life's a Process. And do you need me to write the foreword for you, uh, Rick? All <laughs> <laughs> means. Wouldn't have anybody else do it. Yeah, how about you, Tom? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I pro- um, yeah, maybe lucky. Uh, maybe the title would just be lucky. I, I always think back to my father was either going to get me a job uh, when I was fourteen, shining shoes at the country club, or cleaning a cleaning a dry cleaner. And for one reason or another, uh, I think it was because. Uh, the the he was a police officer at the time and he ate his meals uh, at the country club they used to feed the local police uh, so uh, I was just very lucky that he chose that path for me and uh, when I was fourteen and I haven't looked back nice yeah very nice it's always you could always tell a lot by what someone would pick and it shows that all three of you guys are very humble so thank you for sharing that you know well, I would. Uh, Corey, I, I've got to ask you. Yeah. Uh, what would uh, you've had a little different career than uh, Matt, Rick, and I? But what would your title be? Oh, that's interesting. You know, I I would probably go with something witty and dry sense of humor. I remember uh, the reason I wanted to be a sportscaster is because, as you know, there's a pamphlet on famous Jewish athletes. So. I would say as a kid, um, I always got picked last. So I don't know. I would probably go with, uh, and we'll take Saban. So that would probably be, uh, you know, uh, that would probably be the title. That would, that's very good. 
<laughs> that would probably be the title because, yeah, that's what got me into sports casting is I wasn't good enough to play. So I figured, OK, let's talk about the game. And guys, I really appreciate Yeah, appreciate all you guys being on today. Tom, another fantastic session with two dynamic leaders, Matt Lambert, Rick Bayless. Thank you so much. Um, Before we segue out of here, I want to tell you that the Copland, Keebler, and Wallace team members are committed to the success of their clients, the professionals they place, and the industry they love. Through their commitment and dedication, they're able to advance the careers of their candidates, improve the well-being of their clients, and have fun every day as you hear here. Learn more at www.kknw.com. K-K-N-W.com. Tom, final words? Hey, Corey. Yeah, Corey, thank you very much. And Matt and Rick, uh, Truly, thanks for being uh, folks that I look up to and being my friends and being my peers. And also just thanks for everything you do for this industry. And uh, thank you for continuing to develop great young managers. uh, That makes it really a lot easier for us to make placement. So appreciate that very much, guys. Great being with you, gentlemen. Great to, be with, great to you. be with you guys. And Tom, I would say thank you to you as well, because one of the things that you're doing is taking people like Rick, Christine, uh, Marcy, and Matt, and these are giants in this industry, and you're humanizing them for those younger people out there that makes them more approachable. So keep up the great work. This has been another wonderful edition of the Leadership Podcast from Copland, Keebler, and Wallace. I'm Corey Sabin. Have a fantastic day.